0: Citizen The Arrival, Chapter 34. Tracy's two week contract turned into six months, and by July he got the rest of his things from Columbus. Living with Todd was like college days, only with less drama. The D.C. market was plentiful, and Tracy got another job before his six month contract was up. Tracy found a church home with Tory's congregation and went to Mama Rose every Sunday afternoon. Then, in November, the preacher at Tory's church confirmed what Tracy heard in Columbus God has a perfect job for everyone, the preacher said. "'Sometimes we have to find it,' and the congregation cheered with amens. "'And know that God has your house, the one especially picked out for you in his perfect plan,' and the organ swelled. After a while, the preacher spoke of everyone's health. "'And expect God to restore your body, the body Christ paid for on the cross.' Finally, After another few minutes, he said, Oh, yes, God knows your partner, sometimes even when you don't. It may even be someone you know, and had no idea was his plan. But know this, God has the perfect spouse waiting for you for the right time. And Tory squeezed Tracy's hand as a chorus of praise rang through the hall. The preacher's words were confirmation of the four promises God gave Tracy in Pier 1, although he kept that fact under his hat. As Tracy and Tory went to Mama Rose for dinner, Tracy got an unction to swing into a new subdivision under construction. They drove by a freshly dug pond, and then a section of roads, sidewalks, and townhouses that were built, but not finished. Where are we going? Tory asked.
1: I felt an impression to pull in here, Tracy said. Did you just hear from God? And Tory was excited. Not exactly, Tracy said. But I think we should see what's here.
0: Well, Tory said flatly. This is odd. There's nothing around here but a bunch of woods. They stopped by the office for information. A realtor gave them pamphlets and showed them various models and floor plans. I have a townhouse I could show you, she offered. Let's take a look, Tori said. They went to the back side of the development. The row homes were two stories high with an untouched forest behind. The realtor went to the middle one, and Tori turned to Tracy as the realtor fooled with the lockbox. You always want the end unit, Tori said through her teeth. THERE'S MORE LIGHT, AND you ONLY HAVE ONE NEIGHBOR THAT SHARES A WALL. THEN Tory SAID LOUDLY, CAN WE SEE THE ONE ON THE END? WELL, IT'S NOT FINISHED, THE REALTOR SAID, BUT YOU WOULD GET THE IDEA. THE REALTOR WENT TO THE END HOUSE AND OPENED THE DOOR. TRACY'S FIRST THOUGHT WAS THAT IT WAS COMFORTABLE, BECAUSE IT HAD A LOT OF LIGHT. THEN HE LOOKED DEEPER INSIDE. There were no kitchen cabinets, countertops, carpet, or flooring. The wiring wasn't finished, so there was no light fixtures, and wire spat out from boxes where sockets and switches would go. Do you like your house? he asked. Tracy was stunned. The realtor began her tour, but it was difficult with so much unfinished.
1: How will I know what this is going to look like?
0: Tracy asked. You can go to the showroom, the realtor said. It's not open to the public, but it's in the shopping area in the middle of... Oh, Tracy said, completely sidetracked. There's a basement? And the realtor took them to the basement, where bare bulbs hung helter-skelter in the large, empty room. This will remain mostly unfinished, the realtor said. I can finish this off, Tracy decided, because he liked the open space to work out in. Do you like your house? He asked again, and Tracy became intrigued. When they went back upstairs, Tracy paid attention to the way the staircase ended at the small half-bath. The main hall also went from the front door through to the living room, and things became familiar from Tracy's vision. When he looked through the kitchen where the refrigerator would be, Tracy could see where Granny Berger had sat on the sofa that wasn't there yet. When Tory and the realtor toured the living room, Tracy went upstairs by himself. Tracy went into the master bedroom and recognized the shelf running above the door frame at the odd angle. Tracy went into the master bath where there was a space for a jacuzzi tub. It also had a double sink and a shower, both of which he always wanted. "'Do you like your house?' he asked a third time. Tracy smiled, bit his lip, and wondered. He left the master bedroom and went down the hall to the guest bedroom. Tracy half expected to see Freddie lying on the bed in his white sweatsuit with his hands behind his head, but the room was empty. Then... Tracy understood Freddy was resting. He did what was allowed in Tracy's vision, so Freddy wasn't there in
1: real life, yet. Yes. Tracy finally answered, I do like this house, but how do I know what's ordered for it? Go and check it out, he said. Okay.
0: Tracy said. I will. Tori and Tracy went back with the realtor to her office. She asked questions in quick succession, and noted everything on her computer screen. "'Are you employed? Uh, How much money do you make?' "'Are you a first-time buyer? What is your address?' "'How much do you currently pay in rent?' Papers suddenly flew out of the printer. After a few signatures Tracy thought were permission for a credit check— She was done. Congratulations, Mr. Staples, the realtor said, and she stood to shake his hand. You just signed a contract for a new townhouse. What? Tracy asked. What does that mean? If all the numbers work out, she said,
1: and I didn't see any alarms, you just bought a house. I don't even know what it's going to look like inside, Tracy exclaimed well the realtor said
0: you can go to the showroom and see everything picked out for it
1: what if i don't like it tracy asked
0: of course you can change things the realtor said but it will cost a thousand dollars per change order and she made a boo-boo kitty face sorry about that at mama rose Tory explained in great detail how Tracy bought a townhouse basically sight unseen. Then Tory decided Tracy needed to plan. They went to Pier 1 that afternoon, where Tracy first heard about his perfect house. He always envisioned his kitchen with a copper-colored scheme. Limited-edition copper charger plates were on clearance, so he bought them. The next day Tracy told his co-workers the whole story. The vision of the townhouse, repeating the promises, buying the townhouse before it was finished, and buying his charger plates. You matched plates
1: to your house before you moved in? his co-workers asked. I bought them on faith, Tracy said. The Lord told me to. That's really cool. Because the realtor thought Tracy might
0: change his mind, she made an appointment for him to see the showroom after work. Everything was exactly what Tracy wanted. There would be wall-to-wall carpeting in every bedroom and on the stairs. It had recessed lighting, a plush beige living room carpet, maple floors in the hall and dining room, gray granite countertops, cherry wood cabinets, and stainless steel appliances all of which were masculine. Because Tracy skipped the living room on the tour, he realized God provided the fireplace and mantle he always wanted as well. When the design team finished showing the samples, Tracy giggled and thought,
1: (laughs) God does know the secrets of your heart.
0: And he didn't want to change a thing.
1: Hello, everyone. Tracy here. I hope you're enjoying my story. We'll let you know how to support this podcast later. But for now, the best thing you can do is follow us and share it with your friends and family. So if you like what you're hearing, please help us out by telling people about it. And thanks again.
0: But not everyone agreed with the plan for Tracy's new house, specifically... Tracy's project lead and the director of human resources. Since his visions in Chattanooga, Tracy recognized demons and evil spirits more easily. They tried to manifest themselves in those who allowed such manipulation. They could inhabit so-called friends and oftentimes family. However, particularly in contract work, The spirit of jealousy was busy. The fact that God was no respecter of persons allowed the spirit of division to flourish, disguised as racism. This circumstance, along with jealousy, made Tracy a perfect target. Five months earlier, Tracy had a contract that didn't make much sense. Accounting anomalies kept appearing, and Tracy couldn't fix them. After a few months, the H.R. director called Tracy in to announce he was being put on a performance-improvement plan. Her name was Dixie, who was a small, painted woman in a business skirt, blouse and blazer, topped with well-appointed brunette hair and blonde highlights. As Tracy sat in her office, he detected a veneer about Dixie, which reminded him of the dart in the eyes of the demon he slew, with the help of the annoying angel. In speaking with other co-workers, Tracy learned the Project Lead's father was on the board of the company. This was also the Project Lead's third assignment in four months. The Project Lead was from Alabama, and was more racist than anyone Tracy had ever met. Tracy also figured out that the project lead planned to use him as the fall guy for his own incompetence. The upshot was that Tracy knew the performance improvement plan was bogus, and that Dixie's H.R. department was the reason the project lead was still employed by his father's company. Months later, and about the time Tracy was led to his townhouse, Tracy worked with a lovely woman from Canada on the project. She didn't understand racism, and wasn't familiar with American mores. They had been working together for weeks when Tracy found out the truth. The racist project lead that hired Tracy directly lied to him, and the accounting anomalies had occurred months before Tracy arrived on the scene. Tracy was furious. So that night he prayed.
1: (sighs) What should I do, Lord?
0: Knowing he knew everything about it.
1: Let them have it,
0: he said. So Tracy stayed up all night to fix a process two teams had tried to fix over the past five months. Swirl Sutra kicked in, and by morning Tracy had written five different manuals he laid them out at work, which took two eight foot tables to spread out the documentation, from legacy mapping to testing and training to go live, all of which included screenshots for each individual step with idiot proof arrows. When Tracy finished his presentation, the team of eight looked at him in absolute
1: awe. <laughs> yeah, Tracy laughed. You won't see me after this because I just finished the project for you.
0: Then Tracy and his co worker from Canada presented the new accounting process to the client. They were astonished. After the meeting broke up, Tracy and his Canadian co worker waited by the elevator. I think that went well, Tracy said. You know it did, boy she screamed, and thoroughly grabbed Tracy's tight, round, black ass. Tracy immediately looked at everyone through the glass of the boardroom, in order to confirm they saw what happened. Sexual harassment was a real and present danger in the highly politicized world of contracting in the nation's capital. So, Tracy placed his cards of racism, and the pronounced smack on the ass by his coworker, in an imagined sealed envelope in his breast pocket. Then Tracy got on the elevator with his Canadian colleague, and they had a great lunch together. Later, as Tracy brushed his teeth and got ready for bed, Tracy got another directive. If you have any work you want to keep on that laptop, get it off, he said. Then clean the laptop, change every password to Live Life Out Loud, and make sure you capitalize the L's. What's going on, Lord? Tracy asked. Tomorrow they are going to terminate your contract. Really? And Tracy was surprised at first, although it started to make sense as he listened to God's plan. But I want you to be ready for it. Dress in casual clothes, do not show up to work before ten and make plans with Tory to have lunch at eleven. Because the project lead and his father's company had been so openly hostile to him, Tracy took God at his word, particularly about the loud part. He put on a powdered blue shirt, ivory bow-tie and pants, and the woven slip-ons he bought with Harry. Looking ready for at least nine holes, Tracy went to work precisely at ten o'clock, "'carrying his freshly wiped laptop. you look snazzy today,' the secretary said. Now "'Let me see what cubicle they're putting you in for the next project.' "'And she searched her schedule.
1: "'I don't think I'm staying,' Tracy said. "'But please verify that.' "'The secretary made a call and looked at Tremell,
0: "'the name Tracy used at work, because she was surprised.' <laughs> "'You're right,' she said. "'H.R. would like to see you now.' "'Good,' Tremell said. "'I was counting on that.' And Tracy went to the H.R. director's office. "'Have a seat, Tremell, Dixie said. She was wearing a different version of her power skirt and blazer. Tracy took a seat in his ivory pants, put the laptop down next to his chair and crossed his legs to accentuate his woven slip-ons. "'How did you like your last project?' she asked.
1: "'It was okay,' Trammell stated. "'A little challenging, but I made it through successfully. Yet I am grateful it's over, and I am ready for the next new thing.'
0: "'Well,' Dixie said, "'that's exactly what we want to talk to you about.' We have put a separation package together for you. We are going to terminate your contract. And Tracy wondered if she had a mouse in her pocket. Well, good, Trammell decided. Dixie looked up.
1: I did hear you correctly, didn't I?
0: Excuse me? Dixie asked and was perplexed, but Tracy recognized the enemy.
1: The blood has already been spilled, Tracy thought. Here's my time to testify, and I can watch Satan be defeated in all of this. I can kick the demons of jealousy and racism's ass right in front of her heathen eyes. (laughs) And Tracy smiled. You think you have me cornered.
0: (laughs) So, Dixie said. "'We have drawn up a separation letter, and we will forget all about that performance improvement plan.'
1: "'Which I passed successfully,' Tremell stated.
0: "'Yes,' Dixie said. "'Right,' and went on as if that had no bearing on the matter. "'Then she produced a large business check from her folder and laid it next to the separation letter.' We will also give you a separation check for $7,000." Tracy knew what Granny would say. You can keep your damn check. Instead, Tracy looked at her, unfolded his legs, folded his hands, and leaned forward to see her eyes.
1: The Lord is telling me not to sign that document, because it has a string attached, Tracy stated. And the string is that check to ensure that I cannot sue your company for sexual harassment. The HR director was stymied and the enemy was frozen. So, Tracy explained, I am going to have to decline your offer and give you back your laptop, tell you the password, and leave. Because I have lunch plans in 20 minutes. Then, just to mess with
0: her, Tracy pulled back his powder-blue sleeve and looked at his wrist as if a designer watch was there. "'Excuse me?'
1: Dixie repeated. "'Again,' Tracy said from his seated position. "'I prayed about this last night, and God revealed to me your plans. So, if we're done here, can I go?' Dixie looked at him, blinking. Do you actually think I dress this way, to come to work? Hmph,
0: Tracy added.
1: Then Tracy picked up the company
0: laptop, stood, went to the desk, and put it on top of the unsigned agreement and check. The eyes of the HR director watched, but she was powerless to move, just like the darting eyes of the doomed demon. Then... Tracy calmly took a post-it note and pen from her desk. He wrote, live life out loud, stuck it to the computer, and went and opened the office door. You have a great day, Tracy said without turning. Sorry you won't be able to get your townhouse, Dixie taunted. Stop, Tracy, he said. Shut the door. And Tracy did as he was told. Turn around and say this. Excuse me? Tracy asked, the same way she had. Well, Dixie said acerbically, You have to have a job to buy a house.
1: Say this, Tracy. He said, and Tracy did. Who says I have to have a job to get a house? Tracy asked. Every mortgage requires you have
0: employment. Dixie said lawfully, Move over, Tracy, he said, and Tracy watched these words come from his own mouth. Those are man's words. God's words were before the foundation of the world, and he says he will give me goodly houses that I did not build, wells I did not dig, and vineyards I did not plant. I am going to get this house, and... Expect a phone call from me rejoicing with a follow-up testimony of just how good the Lord is. Then Tracy opened the door, walked out, and got to the parking lot before he asked, Lord,
1: what just happened? You were supposed to go to closing on the house today, and they knew
0: it. Now, it was Tracy who was shocked at the depth of their deviousness. Don't worry about it, Tracy, he said. They are not going to be ready for closing today or tomorrow. It will be next week.
1: So, what are we going to do? Well? And the Lord smiled.
0: We are going to start this car and have lunch with Tori and talk about all the good things I have done. Yeah. And Tracy
1: smiled. Let's do that. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to purchase the book, Dual Citizen, it is available on Amazon. Be sure to search for Dual Citizen, The Connection. All three books, The Connection, The Training, and The Arrival, are available in print as well as on Kindle. Dual Citizen, The Connection is also available on Audible. So, if you would like to skip ahead and see how everything turns out, feel free. But don't tell your friends the ending. Thanks again, and we hope everyone will find their place at the table.